She saw him leave that morning, but he didn't come back that afternoon. He didn't show up that night. Nobody heard from him. The teen's body was found in a rolled up gym mat in a high school in 2013. His death ruled accidental. Say my name and remember what you've done. Your hurricane has blackened out the sun. You can't continue to kill unarmed black people and get away with it. But if Kendrick did die of an accident, how, with all that distrust, how could you even ever show that? But then on the flip side is they didn't treat it like it, it could have been a homicide. Lowndes County Sheriff Ashley Polk announced officials were reopening the investigation. Only angle is to find justice for my son. You are currently listening to season three of Ashes to Ash TV, the investigation of Kendrick Johnson. Episode 15, Pride and Prejudice. During my conversation with Sheriff Ashley Polk, he said, There were some very good people in there, FBI people, and I think did a wonderful job. But uh, there were some things I would, I don't think unscrupulous would describe what I feel about it. It's a lot stronger than that. I mean, that's kind of terrifying to think about. Well, I called it a witch hunt, and I'll stand by that. I'm confident enough there isn't anything that I, I put the $500,000 up saying it wasn't, so. But we hadn't had a phone call yet. Lydia, KJ's aunt, said to me, When I saw the whole thing about him offering a reward, it was like a slap in the face, first of all. And then I was just like, what you trying to prove? Why didn't you, even if you were not in office, why didn't you come forward nine years ago and say, I'm offering a half a million dollars for any information concerning any information? That means whoever comes mm -hmm. with any information and they have whatever information, you owe them a half a million dollars. People have come with the truth. People have told, come and told them, but what they do, they, they sweep it up under the rug, have these other people who come making statements sent away or, uh, or committed or whatever. Y'all going so far just to cover this up. continues. I don't know this sheriff very well. If they sat down with me, they would learn. I don't have a dog in the fight. And I live by my word, live by my ethics. And so we got the files. One of the people I signed to it was a Detective Winningham. He worked the case originally for the sheriff's office. His captain also, and we independently would take a box of evidence. They were numbered, one through 17, I believe. And I would take one, and he would have two and three, and when I finished one, I might take two. So we went through every box, every piece of evidence, three independent people taking notes. I had over 60 pages of shorthand notes when I got through with it. It took a year to go through, and we talked to some people that were involved in the investigation, and then needed to talk to quite a few people because, I mean, it was a lot of it was sworn testimony under grand jury testimony, which I think were 58 people for the grand jury. So. We went through it thoroughly, and if we had a contradiction between the three of us, we resolved that contradiction. It took a lot of time, went back, and somehow we interpreted something we saw in there and came to a consensus on that. Had a rough draft of the synopsis three months before it came out. Still looking at some facts. I actually sat down with one of the FBI agents that worked the case, retired. Sat down with some active FBI agents, questioned them about some of the things that were done and why they were done and what criteria it was done under. And we looked at every angle we could look at before the synopsis went out. But in all this, like I said, there's all kind of coercion, intimidation, bribery, 
The federal government probably spent $3 million. The Department of Justice couldn't even frame anybody. That was not a murder. Tragic accident. I mean, it's a tragedy to lose a child. My mother and dad lost a sister. I know what it is to a parent. There's just no way to st that there's a homicide there. Anybody's got any facts they can present to me. I don't want to see it. Saw it on Facebook. Hard facts that you can document. The case is not closed. It's closed technically, but I can reopen it any time and I'll take any information. Anybody sees this interview, don't just call me and say I saw it on Facebook. Don't call me over something that came out of the sky. Call me over the hard fact and be willing to sit down and write it down and swear you know it to be the truth. I put up a half million dollars and it's not county money, it's not state money. I would be the one writing the check. If somebody comes in and proves it's a murder, I'll write the check. Was your motive behind that to kind of prove that this wasn't a murder or was it to, to say, well, if there is any lingering thing out there, it might come in? It's a two-edged sword. I just want people to know that I am that confident in the work we have done. And then also, if, if we're not perfect. There's some that's not in those files, something somebody hadn't seen or somebody knows. I'd be glad to write that check. It says somebody in jail and proves me wrong. I've been proven wrong before. Of course. I'm not infallible. I have that much confidence in the fact that we are right. And like I say, it's, it's a crazy accident. It's a tragic accident. But I've seen things just as improbable happen. I know you said that you kind of working on a packet that you're hopefully going to be able to share eventually with the public that kind of goes into some of this even more, that shows some of that evidence. If they release it, I already have a packet formulated that backs up every statement in that synopsis. And you'll share that yeah, to probably. allow me to, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, there's still people out there that think the world's flat. They're all entitled to an opinion. And some of them you'll never convince. Not, not in just this case. I've seen other cases, you know, where it didn't ha just didn't happen. In their mind, they can't put it all together or don't want to put it together. Now the Johnsons are going to Washington, D.C. to host a protest. Does any of that even play into your mind or it's just like, no, we've said our piece and... A flyer for the protest reads, A rally at the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. is being planned for Friday, April 8th, 2022 to compel President Joe Biden, Congress, and the U.S. Department of Justice to take action in the death of Kendrick Johnson, the Georgia teen found dead inside a rolled up wrestling mat. I also came across this video by a woman named Dana Banks who appears to maybe be putting the rally together or somehow supporting the rally. Hi, family. How's everyone doing on this beautiful, beautiful weekend? Guess what? <laughs> rally day's coming literally 13 days away. Friday, April the 8th is rally day. Yay for rally day, praise God. I mean, I just stand by what I said, and I don't think they, I know they can't disprove me. They can hold all the rallies they want to. I've heard they were gonna get me investigated under the RICO Act. I don't know how I come under the RICO Act. I didn't know I was a corrupt official and taking bribes and everything else. So one thing I was really surprised when talking to Sheriff Polk is he brought up the fact that there was potentially a RICO investigation or there were rumors of a RICO investigation. And that really surprised me too, because that's to me suggests organized crime. So he's saying that people in the community who side more with the fact that Kendrick Johnson was murdered are going after him and trying to get a RICO investigation started because they feel like Sheriff Polk is somehow hiding information that has to do with this case. So I really wanted to see if this was just a rumor or if this was something being actively processed. So I was able to find additional information on this on a website called realjusticenow.org. 
So I got to this website because I found it at the bottom of the rally flyer, as you can see here. And when I first pulled up the website, it's so out of date, I thought that there was actually a mistake. So I even went back and retyped in the website just to make sure I had the right website. But it looks like something that was created in the 90s. I found this woman on the site that's quoted quite a few times as far as Kendrick Johnson goes, and that's a woman named Dana Banks. She also seems to be the person responsible for the rally in Washington. The most recent claims by Lowndes County Sheriff Ashley Polk that he was 100% certain Kendrick Johnson's death was the result of a freak accident is inconsistent with the physical evidence. Such claims highlight the need for a federal RICO investigation. Dana Banks, the organizer of the DC Capitol rally says, no way. This was no accident. What it is, what it is comes from the job. Some people say, well, DOJ will come out to me. Well, but I have a good reason. You better be able to prove it. Cause I'm not very easily intimidated when I know I'm right. So one thing I wanted to do is find out who Dana Banks was, and I was quickly able to find her on social media. And I found this video where she's actually talking about the rally. I'm so honored, so, so honored to be a part of something bigger, bigger, bigger than this world. As we rally together for Kendrick's truth. So one of the reasons I really wanted to watch this, because I wanted to see what the rally was all about. What are they hoping to accomplish? What are the goals of the rally? So I thought the woman who headed up the rally might be able to fill in some of that information. The day is going to be epic. We have Triana Arnold James. Triana is going to speak at the rally and she is going to present the Kendrick resolution. You guys do not want to miss this. Triana was instrumental in getting the Ahmad Arbery Day passed. Thank you, Triana. And so she has been working hard, 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 just like she always does behind the scenes, to ensure that Kendrick is honored. It's been nine years since Kendrick was murdered. And I also just want to point out, I would actually be at the rally today, but I have COVID and I'm continuing to test positive. So I feel like I'm going to have to be homebound for a few more days. That's why I am here and the rally is going on in Washington today. We are getting justice. Justice will indeed be served. And I could not be more than honored, more than honored that the Lord, the Lord chose me to fulfill this beautiful, beautiful much needed mission. I'm not trying to be mean here, but my bullshit meter is really off the charts. There's just something about the way this woman over-exaggerates everything. And then this weird video along with this very out-of-date website just kind of gives me a really uneasy feeling about what her motives might be. My fear really is here is that we have multiple examples over time where people have used either the Johnsons or the notoriety of this case to further their own agendas. And I think that's what makes me nervous about this woman, Dana Banks, is there something that seems insincere about her. And we really just saw this with the audio confession that the Johnsons brought forward to the police. And they believed it was a confession made by the Bell brothers in fear of being arrested for the crime of killing KJ. And instead, they ended up finding out it was a hoax. So I feel like the Johnsons are often targeted in this way.
a news reporter announces. Kendrick Johnson's family say they recently obtained a recording of someone who may be confessing to killing him. The 17-year-old was found dead in a rolled-up gym mat in his high school eight years ago. An autopsy ruled his death an accident, but his family has always believed he was killed. They turned over the 25-second recording to the sheriff earlier this week. Now, quote, they're going to catch me anyways. I should have never done this. I was young and stupid. Kendrick didn't deserve this, man. A couple of seconds go by and he ends with a very tearful, they're going to catch me anyways. The family says the audio was secretly recorded by the person's family member who sold it to them for $1,000. Lowndes County Sheriff Ashley Polk says they are working to authenticate the clip. I continue my conversation with the sheriff. March of last year, we were with Ms. Johnson and Marcus Coleman. Um, actually came down here and first I knew of this situation was I looked outside and saw a WSB Atlanta TV truck and asked him what he was doing. He said at a news conference and they had what they said was a confession tape. It was recorded at a party in Jasper, Florida, which is 30 miles south of here, the prior weekend where the bellboy is confessing that now that Ashley Park had reopened the case, he was going to solve it and he was going to get committed and he wished he wouldn't have done it. That was primarily what the, that's what the tape said. And we were given the tape and they said they'd authenticate it. Well, their authentication was they listened to the bellboy and it's a news thing and said it sounded like him on the tape. Well, they had a picture of the person they bought the tape from. They said it was a cousin of the bells. And they had some texts back and forth from him where he was asking for the money and they said they paid him $500 for it. And they said, well, they met it. That case is actually still an open case, so I can't say a whole lot more about it. It's going to the grand jury because, to be quite frank, we have a confession from a young man that said he made the tape, and it's not one of the bellboys. So, and, and I told Miss Johnson that day, I said, usually something like this is a hoax. And it's probably, you know, it could be a very cruel hoax, or it could be some something else. It could be other objectives for doing it. I won't say what those objectives might be, but we've definitely proven that the Bells are no way in any way involved in that confession or that audio tape whatsoever. Do you see that a lot where people pry on the family members to get money or other things from you, them? You'll see that all over the country where somebody will come in and say, well, I've got this information about, especially like in a kidnapping or a child's never been found. You know, you see that where people are very, very cruel in the things they do, but I'm not sure that this is one of those situations. When someone does something that's false like that, do they end up spending time in jail usually? Is it a slap on the wrist? What happens to that person? Um, something like that would be false for a crime, which is a misdemeanor, I mean, but nothing else, the truth would come out what these people did. Right. Do you think that there are forces on the other side of this, meaning people who are saying murder and sticking by that, that are doing things to undermine the case? I don't know what their motive would be. Some of them might be monetarily. They might think there's something to gain out of it monetarily. People they call ambulance chasers. There are some GoFundMe accounts out there and allegations of all this other new evidence, which we haven't been made 
Nobody's brought us anything new. And much like that incident, something just wasn't sitting right with me about this rally. I was actually kind of happy I was stuck home with COVID and couldn't go to the rally because as I watched Dana Banks' video more and more, I just got the feeling that something wasn't right. So, really quick, I ask, I am in desperate, desperate need of some last minute donations so we can take care of some, some balances that we have for the rally. So if you could just please, you know, donate a dollar, five dollars, whatever it is, folks. Otherwise, I just ask for your prayers. Prayers are most powerful. On behalf of the, uh, the Johnson family, Jackie Johnson, who just wants you guys to know that she really, truly appreciates everyone's help. And you know I do, you know I do. It's almost here, it's almost here. Rally day is almost here. So just stay tuned for updates. And again, please try and, and donate. Thank you so much, I love you guys. Thank you and abundant blessings to all and enjoy the remainder of the weekend. Thank you for your support, okay? Take care guys, love ya. So one thing to keep in mind here is I don't have an open communication with Jackie. So although I asked her permission when I started looking into this case and had received her blessing, we weren't able to continue to keep in contact because she's under contract with the film Finding Kendrick Johnson until January of 2023. So she's not allowed to appear in any full length documentaries or series until January of 2023. So I couldn't just call her up and ask her how the rally went. So as soon as it ended, I hit social media to kind of see what people's experiences were or what photos and video had been posted of the rally itself. And this was the first thing that popped up and I realized my concerns were accurate. I saw this post come up on Jackie Johnson's account. Please know I don't have to lie. Dana is a scammer and she used Kendrick's name for clout not one thing she promised she did. And yes, I will be filling a police report. She even gave me a fake confirmation number where she had paid for the hotel rooms off her card and they immediately took 800 plus dollars, all lies. And then after the messed up rally, turned her phone completely off, shaking my head. The sad part is she had us come to Washington, standing, sitting in a muddy areas Talking on a blowhorn, it was totally a mess. So Jolly was off on a few things, but majorly was the absolute truth. When I first started the series, I received an onslaught of nasty messages about the direction that the series was headed in. And then after posting last week's episode from an entirely different demographic, I received nasty messages and people unsubscribing because they didn't like where this narrative was going. But I just want to be very clear here. I'm not following a narrative. I'm not on the murder camp and I'm not on the accident camp. I'm on the camp of trying to find the truth. So to all those who said that they think I have an agenda, I want you to know I do have an agenda. And my agenda is to finding out what happened to Kendrick Johnson and finding out the truth. So no matter how you want to demonize me or assassinate my character, I can tell you that those in search of the truth are going to appreciate that we're laying out the evidence the way we are. It shouldn't be scary to look at the truth no matter what path that takes you down. By showcasing my work here and by showcasing what we are uncovering, I allow you to make those decisions for yourself. 
If you came into this thinking I was just trying to prove an outcome and I wasn't going to investigate this, then you are very incorrect. When I investigate cases, I go down the roads that the evidence leads me until I'm confident about each and every piece of evidence. If you were hoping this investigation would only focus on accident or only focus on murder, if you do not like the fact that we show all evidence and we talk to people on both sides, then maybe this is not the show for you. Please, in this case, do not let a headline or a two-minute news cycle sway you. We're here to actually showcase the evidence so that you can properly decide for yourself what happened in this case. You can disagree with me all you want, but choosing to bury your head in the sand is unacceptable. So for those who want to take an honest look at the evidence, please keep watching because there is a lot more to come. When I first spoke to Jackie about taking on this case, she knew that the only thing that I cared about was finding the truth. And I have stuck to that commitment. And I will not sway from doing that in the most accurate and appropriate way I can. And to be perfectly honest, I believe that Jackie appreciates our investigation and the way that we're showcasing every piece of evidence. Lydia tells me. And I don't care how much they build out there at that school. Kendra's spirit is still walking around there. Sheriff Paul is a, he's a clown. He's a joke and he's a liar. He's a liar. I believe y'all still trying to cover it up, but it does not matter how much you cover it up, it's gonna come out. Paul responds. And I'm not intimidated when I know I'm right. I thought something you said earlier was really interesting to me. If there was a group of white boys, would you be able to pick out who the Bell Brothers are? Not really. I have no, to my knowledge, I don't think I've ever spoken to either one of the boys. I know their father, because he was an FBI agent when I was sheriff before. Yeah. And I've met Karen Bell, spoken to her. But um, as far as the boys, I couldn't pick them out of a lineup. Never talked to them. As far as your relationship with Rick Bell, how would you classify that as acquaintance, friends, someone you not, just not knew friends, because of work? professional acquaintances. I mean, I, I never dealt with him anything but a professional level. Looking back at what Prine did back when you weren't the sheriff during the KJ investigation, is there anything that you might have done differently? Or? You know, he came out of a, there's some great state troopers, don't take me wrong, but it's, it's a lot different to be a trooper and be a sheriff. You're actually taught and you know Anytime you have a serious accident or a death, you don't immediately rule it as an accident to you investigate. I mean, if you walk in and somebody's been shot, you don't know if they shot themselves or somebody shot them. So you you don't you see you got a crime scene. It is a crime scene. I think also that you know the coroner made a big issue of his situation. Well, the coroner should have been told publicly that it is a crime scene, and you're invited on the crime scene. We were ready to be there. You can call the car when you get there, but if it takes 15 hours to finish the crime scene, he can sit there and watch if he wants to, but he can't come on it. He's not a sworn officer. He's not a, a post-certified officer. Mm -hmm. There's no business on the crime scene. He's there to pronounce the person dead. He's not a qualified investigator. He's in that situation, he should have been handled swiftly by the sheriff. That comes with experience. Okay. I'm not faulting Chris Prines. I've known all my life and from childhood friends. I don't think any ulterior motives do anything wrong. It's just lack of experience in a situation like that. And it was a volatile situation. Anytime you get a, something in school with a student, it's volatile no matter what. You got media that's out to characterize law enforcement as dirt. And then you got media that it's going to be fair. I got some good friends in the media that have, we made mistakes and they report them. And I don't fault them for that. That's their job. That's how they make their living. If they're not fair, I don't deal with them. So you think even with the things that 
maybe you thought could have been done better for Prine's investigation. It's nothing that seems to that it would have impacted the outcome. Not really, no. Okay. It might have set a tone in the beginning. Right, that, and that might have been helpful. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And my understanding is the Lyons County Sheriff Department, along, of, along with a lot of other people involved in this case, were civil suits were taken out against oh, yeah. all of you guys. I feel like the only lawsuits that have actually gone anywhere are the ones against media organizations who had put out the Bell's names or against the Johnsons, but I don't feel like there's any lawsuits that have been won in the other direction. The only lawsuits actually been won was the Bell's one won against 70 Magazine, I believe. Featured on the Roland Martin Show, Johnson Publishing Company, I can of course, get you know, they filed for bankruptcy, <laughs> uh, reached a $500,000 settlement in a defamation lawsuit brought by the family of two Georgia high school students who say they were falsely implicated in the death of a black student in a series of articles published by Ebony Magazine. Now, FBI agent Richard Bell and his wife Karen filed a $5 million defamation lawsuit against the now bankrupt Johnson Publishing Company for articles they allegedly indirectly linked their son to the death of Kendrick Johnson. Now, state medical examiners concluded that the death of 17-year-old Johnson was accidental, asphyxiation, after he became trapped while trying to retrieve a shoe that fell into the large mat. Ebony subsequently ran a series of articles suggesting Johnson's death was no accident. Okay, now this is the weirdest thing. They didn't accuse the brothers of this. So the brothers are Brandon and Brian Bell. They created two other people who were fictitious whose dad was an FBI agent. Okay, that's just nuts. Now, Brandon and Brian will receive $500,000 payment from the Johnson Publishing Company Insurance Company under the proposed settlement, which is scheduled for a March 31st hearing in Chicago Bankruptcy Court. If approved, it will settle all claims by the Bell family against Johnson Publishing. Okay, so here's the problem I have here. <laughs> in these articles, right. they created this, uh, these two brothers. Right. Okay, whose last name was Martin. There were like a number of articles published Right. Or appeared. Ebony created it? You know, the writer created these fictitious okay. brothers whose dad was an FBI agent. In real life, there are two brothers who went to the school whose dad is an FBI agent. The dad and the family was like, hell, oh, y'all talking about us. Right. I'm just trying to understand how the hell does a fictitious character get created in a real news story. While you were going through the 17 boxes, was there any new information? It was interesting the way some of the tactics were used. I got a person under oath and you offered them incentives to talk to you. That's called bribery, in my opinion. Like I said in my synopsis, a lot of the questions were asked of people, you know, what do you know about who killed Kendrick? That's not the way to ask the question. You're saying it's a homicide off the, off the bat. I mean, the question should be asked, what do you know about the death of Kendrick? I mean, that's totally improper interrogation. I mean, you're planting a seed. So, I mean, that was DOJ people and their hired cronies from the Washington, D.C. police. I saw a lot of things I thought were totally unethical, the way people were handled and coerced and intimidated. And did you ever form an opinion on why the Department of Justice would do that? Well, I mean, there's a quote in there where the U.S. attorney said it's going to make him famous. And he's part of the DOJ. The defense of the FBI, which a lot of people think they're one and the same, which they're not. The evidence is there. I mean, it's in the files. Two months in the investigation, the FBI sat down with the U.S. attorney and said there's no crime. Of course, you know, they finally came to a decision. They said they didn't find anything that they could prosecute him on. They didn't look in the mirror. <laughs> 
Ashes to Ashes created by Ash Patino. Associate producer, Kate Giordano. Crew, Nick on Kelvis. Title music, Bones by Eight Graves. Web design for Ashes to Ash TV was done by Second Melody, secondmelody.com. Subscribe on the website for commercial-free content, early access to episodes, uncut interviews, and discounted merchandise. Just go to ashes to ash tv.com a-s-h-e-s-t-o-a-s-h-t-v.com please follow me on facebook at ashes to ash true crime or on youtube instagram and twitter at ashes to ash tv if you have a tip or information you'd like to email us please do so at ashland57 at gmail.com a-s-h-l-a-n-d 57 at gmail.com we can keep you anonymous if you know of any illegal activity regarding this case please contact your local law enforcement.